Welcome to the White Carp Why Not podcast. This is episode 33, the Google Duplex Fallout. I'm your host Yossi Carp, and let's talk about technology, writing, gadgets, gizmos, and the stuff of life that makes it interesting. Before we begin, I just want to mention that I'm putting together a podcast episode about firing people and being fired. Here's one from the website Good & Co. The contributor writes, When I was 16, I worked at an up-and-coming sandwich chain called Witch Witch. We were famous for our buffalo chicken sandwiches, milkshakes and cookie sandwiches. My boss made us tell customers to order all three, he called it the jackpot combo of customer coercion. Everything was going well until two months into my job. During a festival weekend, instead of telling my boss I was attending, I simply decided to go AWOL. My rock idol was playing and I just had to go. Since I was 16, I figured that most people don't show up to work every now and then, and so it wouldn't be that big of a deal. The Monday after the festival, I went back to work and noticed that my boss was acting weird. He told one of my co-workers to fix me up the jackpot combo of customer coercion, and then invited me to go outside with him. After a few seconds of awkward silence, he looked down at me and told me to start eating. Being a nervous, lanky teen, I followed his orders. He took out a pack of cigarettes and blew smoke in my face as I ate. Right as I swallowed the last bit of my Oreo milkshake, he said in between puffs, Do you like the jackpot combo? I answered, sure. He roared back, Well, I hope so, because it's your last supper. Get the hell out of my shop and never come back. If you have an interesting, funny, or even sad story about when you fired someone or when you were fired yourself, please let me know. And here's how. On Facebook Messenger, search for at YCARPWhyNot. That's at Y-K-A-R-P-W-H-Y-N-O-T. And send a voice message. Or you can record a voice message and send it either through Facebook Messenger as an attachment or by email to whynot at ycarp.com. That's W-H-Y-N-O-T at Y-K-A-R-P.com. If you're not comfortable recording it, or if you can't manage to send a recording to me, send an email to whynot at whycup.com and I'll read it out for you. So, if you have any firing someone else story or being fired story, send it in. But please don't use other people's names or I won't be able to use it on air. Okay, on with the show! I have an unwritten rule that I won't discuss tech news on this podcast. There are plenty of podcasts that do a great job of that. Usually I stick to general topics of interest. However, the unveiling of Google's duplex technology at the Google I.O. conference last week was so amazing and so controversial, I just can't stop thinking about it. For those of you who don't know, let me explain a little about Google Duplex. It's an AI-based feature that enables your phone to make calls for you in the background. Examples that they gave were booking a haircut and reserving a table at a restaurant. 
The AI was so lifelike in its interactions with real people that it was a true what-the-heck moment. It didn't sound the least bit like a computer-generated voice. It could ask and answer questions in context. It was truly incredible. It even threw in a few audio back-channel responses like hmm and aha in the right places that made it sound so real. I was absolutely floored by this level of technology, especially because the conversations didn't go according to a script. They seemed to flow naturally. Here's a clip. So let's go back to this example. Let's say you want to ask Google to make you a haircut appointment on Tuesday between 10 and noon. What happens is the Google Assistant makes the call seamlessly in the background for you. So what you're going to hear is the Google Assistant actually calling a real salon to schedule the appointment for you. Let's listen. Hi, I'm calling to book a woman's haircut for a client. Um, I'm looking for something on May 3rd. Sure, give me one second. Mm-hmm. Sure, what time are you looking for around? At 12 p.m. We do not have a 12 p.m. available. The closest we have to that is a 1.15. Do you have anything between 10 a.m. and uh, 12 p.m.? Depending on what service she would like, what service is she looking for? Just a woman's haircut for now. Okay, we have a 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. is fine. Okay, what's her first name? The first name is Lisa. Okay, perfect. So I will see Lisa at 10 o'clock on May 3rd. Okay, great. Thanks. Great. Have a great day. Bye. That was a real call you just heard. The amazing thing is the assistant can actually understand the nuances of conversation. We've been working on this technology for many years. It's called Google Duplex. It brings together all our investments over the years in natural language understanding, deep learning, text-to-speech. By the way, when we are done, the assistant can give you a confirmation notification saying your appointment has been taken care of. Let me give you another example. Let's say you want to call a restaurant, but maybe it's a small restaurant which is not easily available to book online. The call actually goes a bit differently than expected. So take a listen. See how may I hear you? Hi, um, I'd like to reserve a table for Wednesday the 7th. For seven people? Um, it's for four people. For people, when? Um, next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Oh, actually, we leave here for like upper like five people. For few, four people, you can come. How long is the wait usually to uh, be seated? For when tomorrow or weekday or? For next Wednesday, uh, the seventh. Oh no, it's not too busy. You you, you can come for four people, okay? Oh, I got gotcha. you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Again, that was a real call. We have many of these examples where the calls quite don't go as expected, but the assistant understands the context, the nuance, 
It knew to ask for wait times in this case and handled the interaction gracefully. It seems that Google is amazingly close to crossing the artificial boundary of human-computer interactions, defined by the Turing test. Alan Turing proposed a test in the 1950s that tests a machine's ability to exhibit intelligent behavior equivalent to or indistinguishable from that of a human. What you just heard was only a demonstration of what Google is planning for their AI assistant. There's more work to be done but they are so close, or at least closer than anyone has ever been before, to passing the Turing test. There have been some good attempts, but none have ever truly passed the test without invoking some sort of leniency. But as amazing as Google's technology is, it isn't lauded by everyone. Some people are absolutely freaked out by it. The negativity around Google's duplex technology is mostly aimed at the fact that it is duplicitous. They claim that the demonstrations were real calls, but the person on the other end had no idea that they were talking to a robot. Many critics pointed out that it is immoral that Google tricks people into thinking that they're speaking with a real person when they're not. Others say that this kind of deception could lead us down a rabbit hole of problems in the future. Others decried Google's duplex technology as an embodiment of what the company has become. Sneaky, immoral, and evil. Google was quick to point out that they would definitely build into the technology a system for making sure that it identifies itself as an AI before launching into conducting the conversation. I would have expected that Google was planning to do something like that all along. It's kind of hard to think that a company like Google spent years producing an AI that sounds like a real person and didn't even consider whether or not it should identify itself first. However, whether they did or didn't plan on putting into effect some kind of AI identification mechanism, the demonstration would surely have been far less impressive if it had. I know that when I speak to a machine, my tone, volume, the words I use, my enunciation, it all changes. There's nothing natural about how I talk to my phone, for example. So Google probably knowing this from listening to the way its users speak to their phones or from their own experiences, had no choice but to test their system in the real world with real people without first identifying that it was an AI. Google has come out to say that they understand that a discussion has to take place around this technology and that it has to be transparent. What poses more of an ethical issue is the idea that the AI could mimic the user's voice so that it could make a phone call on my behalf to someone I know who won't have the faintest idea that they're not speaking with me. That's kind of scary when you come to think of it. Personally, I love the technology and it shows how amazingly far we've come in the relatively short time since the invention of the silicon chip. I think that humanizing the experience of interacting with machines will make it easier for us to integrate them into our lives. But I also want to know when I'm speaking with a human and when I'm speaking with a computer. Google has said that it won't make the computer sound less human, but it will make sure that the AI IDs itself as a robot. So, I guess I'm good with that.
And now, one for your projections. The Daily Beast published an article about a pocket-sized projector that packs a punch, which is why I flipped it into my online Flipboard magazine, Everyone Needs One of These. This tiny little box can display a 100-inch screen at 100 lumens, which is awesome for showing PowerPoints or for movie night. It's the ApeTech AN100 Versatile HD DLP Pocket Projector. You connect it via Wi-Fi and can use it for browsing the web, video playback and for gaming. You can even use it to charge your devices and there are a number of Android apps that it can run which improves its functionality. Now that my friend is really cool. Check out my online magazine Everyone Needs One of These for new, interesting and innovative products on Flipboard, a free app that you can download for your iPhone or Android device. Or you can go to www.ycarp.com magazine to flip through it on your desktop or laptop. Just a reminder, I'm putting together a podcast episode about firing people and being fired. If you have an interesting, funny, or even sad story about when you fired someone or when you were fired yourself, please send it in, and here's how. On Facebook Messenger, search for at YCARPWhyNot, that's at Y-K-A-R-P-W-H-Y-N-O-T, and send a voice message, tap the microphone icon in a new message, or you can record a voice message using whatever app you like, and send it as an attachment through Facebook Messenger or by email to whynot at ycarp.com. That's W-H-Y-N-O-T at Y-K-A-R-P dot com. If you're not comfortable recording it, or if you can't manage to send a recording to me for whatever reason, send me an email to whynot at ycarp.com and I'll read it out for you. So, if you have any firing someone else story or being fired story, Send it in and I'll play it on the podcast. But remember, please don't use real names or I won't be able to use it on air. New episodes of this podcast are published every week. Subscribe to Why Carp Why Not on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. Please rate and share. It helps people to find this podcast. For comments, feedback, for sponsorship opportunities and to submit ideas, contact me at whynot at ycarp.com. That's W-H-Y-N-O-T at Y-K-A-R-P.com or find me on Facebook or Twitter. Intro and outro music by bensound.com and Erokia. You've been listening to Why Carp Why Not. I'm Yossi Carp, or am I? Thanks for listening.